One thing that I appreciate enormously about Trisha Brown's dancer is that they have a very, very precise way of losing control. For this special issue, Coast to Coast takes a step aside and meets a generation of artists and choreographers driven by the desire to create a more inclusive and diverse dance scene. Here they look back on their journeys, their research and their ideas. Their visits were supported by Villa Albertine, which has connected French talents and the American cultural scene since 2021. I'm Rosalind Sulkis, and you are listening to a special Coast to Coast episode dedicated to Albertine dance season, a podcast series produced by Villa Albertine and Paradiso Media. Our guest today is the choreographer Noé Soulier. The choreographer Noé Soulier is unusual amongst his peers in France in his intense interest in pure movement. His background includes both ballet and contemporary dance, and he is currently the director of the Centre National de Danse Contemporaine in Angers. He has recently been exploring the technique and artistic approach of the American choreographer Trisha Brown, who died in 2017. He will tell us about that piece, which is being developed over the course of a residency in New York City under the auspices of Villa Albertine, and which will have its premiere in November in Angers. Noé, it's lovely to have you here and to talk to you about your residency. Um, You've been interested throughout your career in exploring different dance techniques. At what point did you begin to think about Trisha Brown's work? Well, I'm very happy to, to be here too. Well, I, I've been interested in Trisha Brown's work for a very long time. I discovered it first as an audience member. I think before encountering that work, I mostly had done ballet, ballet technique. And I think the, the specificity of the movement language of Trisha Brown is a very precise and specific ways of approaching movement. And I think if I had to kind of to make it very schematic, I would say that ballet is mostly defined in terms of, of geometry, in terms of making and drawing lines and, and, and circles with your body. Whereas in a lot of Trisha Brown's work, uh, it's really about uh, mechanics, physics, in terms of uh, forces. So the body having a certain mass and being subjected to, to forces, gravity, inertia, muscular strength. And, and the movement is more approached as, as a balance uh, between these, these different forces. And I think this was a very important moment for me because it made me realize that there were many different ways to approach movement and that they were not reducible to one another. And that led me to, to try to develop tools to analyze them, to, to describe them, to put words on them, and also led me to, to try to develop my own approach to movement. So I think the, the discovery and the, the physical experience of Trisha Brown's work was, was really key in my own development as a maker. But I was about to say that what's so interesting in your work is that you look at these different movement techniques or ways of generating movement and you never quote them or reference them. You use the principles and ideas behind them as generative tools, really, as ways of creating your own movement. Yes, absolutely. I I think when you encounter a new approach to movement, for me, at the beginning, it's often quite mysterious. For example, if you look at Trisha Brown's movement quality, 
as opposed to Merce Cunningham's approach to movement. There are things that are easy to, to describe, the approach to composition, to set, to music, but there is something in the way of moving that is different, in the way of approaching the body, in the way of approaching movement, and that is hard to make sense of. And I think that in my case, in order to develop my own approach to movement, maybe because I had experienced a lot of other approaches, I almost had to study them even more, to, to kind of go through them, to try to digest them, to get a new perspective on them so that I could react to them. You mentioned the broad um, variety of training and exposures to different cultures and companies that you've had. And I wanted to ask you about that. You trained in ballet primarily in France and then at the National Ballet School of Canada. And then you went to Anne-Thérèse de Kiesmarck's part school and then uh, began to make your own work and worked with many different companies and in different places. And I wondered how that variety of training and exposure to different cultures, both dance and in every other way, has affected you as a creator, as a choreographer? Um, probably in, in many different ways. One is that I think dance is, even though there is much more porosity, maybe, or dialogue than, than there were before, and maybe less clear frontier between, let's say, ballet and contemporary, neoclassical and contemporary, all of this is a little bit is merging today. But I think still... Um, it's different dance cultures, and having been exposed to these different dance cultures has been very enriching for me. So making works for audiences that are completely different, that have completely different expectations, and that have in mind a completely different history of dance, and that often ignore one another quite a lot. So they also think it made me aware of the things that are presented as being extremely different or extremely contrasted. There is a lot of continuity, actually. For example, I think sometimes modern dance and postmodern dance, in the case of Trisha Brown, is presented as a new departure that would be completely separated from the ballet tradition, whereas I think a lot of the problematics that are present in ballet are transferred in different ways, even if it was reacted against sometimes. But I think there is a lot of influence even in the opposition towards this tradition. And the other thing is that I think when I'm trying to make a new work or when I'm trying to approach a movement, I feel like I'm in entering a dialogue with dance techniques, dance works, uh, choreographers from many different periods. I think it means that for me the, the frame of reference is a little bit wider historically, and I find that quite refreshing. It creates a very interesting discussion to enter in as a maker. Tell us about your time with the Trisha Brown Company in New York. You spent a week with them in April. I think you're going back for a longer stretch. How did you spend your time there? Did you take part in the class, in rehearsals? How did you work with the dancers, even socialize with them, spend time with them? Well, we mostly worked <laughs> because I knew that I, I had like five weeks with them to make the piece, which means that we need to work quite efficiently. I think... What was very specific is that it was a commission, and, and I had commissions from other companies before, that the dancers in this company were not grounded in one approach to movement. They are used to uh, go from one choreographer to, to another. 
which is not the case in Trisha Brown's company. And that's why I, I cannot approach this just as making my own work with dancers that I'm going to discover. That's very interesting because your choreographic language has been very different in its dynamics. How did you find the connection or the interweaving of these different languages? Well, I think what really fascinates me in Trisha Brown's um, approach to movement is that I think you can really experience the body on a perceptive level. One thing that I appreciate enormously about Trisha Brown's dancer is that they have a very, very precise way of losing control or a very, very precise way of letting the forces go, like a precise way of dropping their weight, for example. The forces of gravity, the forces of, of motion, inertia. inertia, yes. Exactly. So I knew that, I had that in mind. But when I arrived uh, with the company, which was interesting, is my work is often about uh, giving very paradoxical uh, tasks to the dancers with a lot of things that they have to imagine, uh, objects coming at them that are not present, but they have to imagine as if they were reacting to these objects or or throwing body parts in space as if they could fly away from their body. I'm trying to develop a kind of poetics of movement that is a lot based on the imagination. And that's why it got interesting because I had to shift the kind of task I was asking because it didn't work very well with this imaginary object. But what worked very well is when they would transfer this imaginary task to actually literal task. I can talk about a very specific thing we tried which is that I was curious about this idea of, of, of forces and gravity, and I asked them to, to try to organize their body so that their center of gravity would be really shifted from their point of support on the floor. A little bit like some contemporary architecture building where you look at them and you're like, this should not stand, this should fall, but there is a kind of feat of engineering that make that they stand. And they were very, very good at that. And, and they, then they would shift the way of, of creating this very precarious balance, let's say, with their body, until they would fall, which you cannot do in architecture. And this ended up looking to me as extremely slow falls, like falls that would take uh, maybe one minute, two minutes, something like that. So this is just an example, and we are at the beginning of that process. But I think it was very interesting for me to confront, because the tasks that I use often generate shifts in movement or inorganic transitions or kind of contradictions in the movement that are very different from the organicity and the flow that you often have in, in Trisha Brown's work. But they, their experience in making things organic and flowy helps me to some extent to go even further in, in challenging them towards inorganicity. So that's where it gets interesting for me. That's a really interesting example of, of the way in which you have applied some of the principles you're finding there to creating something of your own, really. And I wondered whether whether being in New York, just hanging out with the dancers, had any kind of creative impact for you. Uh, there is a kind of approach to movement and technique, um, which I don't know how to describe. And of course, I'm generalizing here because it's it's not like all choreographers in Europe or choreographers in, in the States work in the same way at all. But I would say there is a certain literalness or a certain, yeah, something very maybe less approaching the body really as um, in a very literal way, which, which is different from what I'm, I'm used to and, and the dancer I usually work with. And, and this is changing my way of working and it's really generating a work that is 
born out of this meeting place, I would say. Do, do you mean that it is less, they are less conceptual in approach to a work or to choreography? Maybe more specifically, I, I think they ask me to be, they really want to understand exactly what I'm asking them to do. Let's say I notice that I'm less using metaphors and images and more uh, stating things in a way where it, it can be an actual instruction. And that is perhaps just a linguistic issue because I think French is more metaphoric, is more imagistic than English. It's a very concrete language with a lot of words for different things. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Also, it maybe has to do with, you know, if I think of, of some of the early works by, by Trisha Brown, it is very, very literal. Man walking down a building is literally... A man, a man walking, walking down a building, down a building. yes. <laughs> and, and you see the forces applied on the body. And I think even with later works that get extremely complex, and of course where there is, it's, it's not like it's literal. There's a lot of, of play with images. and But maybe, I hope I'm not generalizing about American culture there, but there is a kind of pragmatism, mm -hmm. a kind of pragmatic approach to things in general, which is slightly different. You know, like, it's. I think it's more functional, more pragmatic. And I think in France, I think things get more blurred. The, the limits between work and, and life are a little bit more blurred. They ask me for a certain kind of literal clarity that I'm not used to be asked. <laughs> has, has that affected the way in which you have worked with your own dancers back in Angers? Or have you, have you not found that out yet? I never generate the, the movement on my body and then teach it to the dancers. I, I use very specific instruction at the beginning, very simple, and I complexify them little by little, depending also a little bit on what is generated from the first level of the instruction. And this uh, opened new pathways, new pathways to uh, generating movements that I'm using. I use them in, in, in workshops already, yes. So you've done all that work, uh, generative work with them in the week uh, that you spent there in April, and you're now going back and you'll really create and put the piece together and you have a, a month to do that. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so we still have a lot to generate. So this phase of generating material is not over, but then there will definitely be the phase of composing, selecting like, and understanding, like streamlining it towards what is at the core of this encounter. Is your, work, is your work set to music? Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a music by Florian Hecker. It's an interesting music because it's, um, it's actually the base of the music is a field recording of a garden. But Florian has uh, a work that is in between visual art, uh, installations, music, electronic music, and also he has um, a, a kind of sometimes almost scientific approaches to sound using new ways of synthesizing and analyzing sound. There is very much a kind of confusing place in between field recording, a kind of natural environment, and also an artificial, uh, very controlled uh, output. And I think this made me think of, of Trisha's work because there is this kind of very uh, physical, natural dimension of the forces applied to the body and so on. But then it is crafted in the way that it, no one would, would move like that, you know, in, 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 outside of the stage. Noe, I want to ask something that's 
uh, perhaps it's related or perhaps it's unrelated, but which I find, I've always found interesting about you, which is that you studied philosophy in tandem with your dance studies. You did a master's in that subject at the Sorbonne and you've published a book of philosophy. And I wondered how you connect your philosophical interests and dance, how those have been connected for you over time and if they still are. They are very much connected because a lot of the work I did in philosophy was trying to create analytical tools to talk about dance, to try to be specific about some of the differences in ways of approaching movement that we have been talking about, uh, actually. Um, and the book will be translated to English. <laughs> it's still in process, but it, it will be published by uh, Performance Philosophy. So I'm very glad I can share it with a, a wider, wider audience. I find that it goes both ways. Can I find a methodology? Can I find a way of analyzing it so that I can describe it in a more precise way? And then this will have uh, also a, a kind of feedback effect on how I perceive it. Because the more you have tools to describe, to decipher what you're experiencing, it, it changes the experience itself. It's not at all um, just a matter of of making sense of things, but it's how making sense, how you enjoy things. And sometimes it can make it so much more intense or rich or, or problematic or different. Noe, thank you so much. It's all fascinating and we look forward to seeing the piece. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast, a Villa Albertine podcast produced by Paradiso Media and hosted by Rosalind Sulkis. If you want to learn more about the residents of Villa Albertine, listen to our interviews wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our channel, States. If you liked it, leave a rating and spread the word. You can also follow us on social media and click on the link in the description of the episode. <laughs>